0: All of the understanding is present, but the manifesting of the Spirit of God out into our lives is something that takes a little bit of intentionality and effort on our part. So if you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, you need to say, Lord, will you reveal Jesus in me more and more? I want to grow today. Because I've been around church long enough to realize that your maturity in Christ has absolutely nothing to do with how long you've been a Christian.
1: Just like a seed needs soil, sunlight, and water to grow, your relationship with Jesus needs to be cared for so it can flourish. In today's message, Pastor Daniel explains that the realities of Jesus are planted in you when you begin a relationship with Him. You're a new creation, but you need to cultivate that knowledge so that it can grow in you and change your life. The transformation Jesus wants for you will unfold as you say yes to Him more and more. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 16 as he continues his message, Ask the right questions.
0: And so Peter, he's boisterous. He's always the first one. It's like, everyone got an idea? Peter already had an idea, didn't even know what the question was. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's that kind of a person. And I love that about Peter because I feel that way a lot of times. But Peter chimes right on in. Who do you say? Peter's like, I'll tell you who you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So really what he's saying is that word Christ, it's the Greek word Christos, which we get from the Hebrew word Mashiach, which literally means God's anointed one, the God's foretold one, the God's chosen one. And he says, not only are you the Christ, the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for, but you are also the son of the living God. Now, you notice that Jesus called himself the son of man, but Peter calls him what? The son of the living God. Now, first, that idea of the living God. You got to remember that when this was all happening, it was in a day and age where all the surrounding cultures believed in a multiplicity of gods. And they worship little statues and idols. And so for the Jewish people to say the living God, they mean the God who's truly alive, not a little statue, not just an idea, but someone who's got life and personality. And he's saying, yeah, you're God's son. And you see the two sides of the nature of Jesus, him being man and God. People have been struggling with this since the time Jesus walked on the earth. How can Jesus be fully man and fully God? It's not possible. I mean, who can believe this stuff? Well, when you read the gospels, you realize it's the only way to understand who Jesus is. And the key for each one, and I want to speak to those of you here who are already followers of Jesus. What I have found is that there is a tension between Jesus as fully God and fully man, and if we're not careful, we want to choose one side of his nature as opposed to the other. And you could always tell when you go to a church, if they believe in Jesus as more God than man or more man than God, because what happens is when Jesus is more God than man, then, well, no one could be like Jesus. I mean, Jesus was God, and so he's an ideal that no one can ever reach. Or if you go to a church where Jesus, it's all about his humanity, it's all about, well, yeah, Jesus is just like everyone else and no need to worship him because he's just a dude. But the thing is, is we need both of those together. And I wanna encourage you because what I find is that in a lot of areas of life, there is this tension. It's an unresolved note. For those of you who know music, it's a dominant chord. You never end a song on the five chord, right? It's always, the five chord wants to resolve because of the tension within the chord. But in a lot of ways, in our understanding of who Jesus is, we need to embrace the tension. And what we have a tendency to do is we want to resolve the tension, but sometimes the Bible just leaves it tense for us. And we need to be okay with a little bit of tension in our lives. So Peter's declaration, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, and then Jesus chimes on in, and you can imagine when Jesus chimes on in that Peter feels kind of all right about this. Blessed are you, verse 17, Simon bar Jonah. That word bar in Hebrews means son of. Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, my friends, what I want to encourage you, just like Peter, we need to let Jesus be revealed in us. You need to let Jesus be revealed in you. See, and I, I kind of love this because Peter opens his mouth, he says, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus is like, Man, Simon, you're blessed, man. You know why? No one taught this to you, but my Father who is in heaven revealed this in you. And listen, this is what God is after. I believe that for each one of you, whether you're sitting here in our sanctuary, you're part of our online audience, the reason you're here is because you want this. You want the living God to reveal Jesus and who he is and what he's done and how he's working. You want him to reveal it in you. And that's a powerful reality, isn't it? Because You see how if you, depending on how you answer the first question, the most important question, then if you don't answer it in the way that Peter did, you're never actually gonna get to this point where now the true and living God wants to reveal the nature of his son in us. And I'm here to tell you, that's true spirituality. That word spirituality, it's bandied about today. People use it for everything. This is spiritual, this is spiritual, I'm spiritual. You know, and it's like, what does that even mean? It's a buzzword. But true spirituality is when the true and living God begins to reveal his son in the life of a person. And what I'm saying here is, you need to let God reveal Jesus in you. You need to, even right now where you are, say, God, will you reveal Jesus in me? That is a powerful prayer. It reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Powerful, right? Powerful verse. Just as when God created everything, he said, let there be light and light shined in the darkness. That's exactly what God wants to do in your life right now. Now, here's the thing. You know what the beauty of this is? This allowing Jesus to be revealed in us is not just a one-time thing when you put your faith and trust in Jesus either. This is an every moment of every day. It is a completely totalizing reality for us. I think for some of us, we've made the mistake to say, I put my faith and trust in Jesus whenever I did, and God revealed Jesus in me, and now I fully understand everything. Now, let me say it this way. When the Spirit of God is in you, all of the understanding is present, but the manifesting of the Spirit of God out into our lives is something that takes a little bit of intentionality and effort on our part. So if you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, you need to say, Lord, will you reveal Jesus in me more and more? I want to grow today. Because I've been around church long enough to realize that your maturity in Christ has absolutely nothing to do with how long you've been a Christian. The amount of time that you have said, I believe in Jesus, has almost no bearing on your spiritual maturity. And we have to be careful of that because we can... Mistake and pretend that because we've been in Christ so long That we actually have had Jesus revealed in us in a very profound way And so it's important to make sure that we are living every day Where we're saying, Lord, reveal yourself in me Lord, through the circumstances of my job My relationship status, my financial issues How I feel about the political season If they canceled my favorite TV program Or whatever the thing is Lord, will you reveal Jesus in me? And you know what happens when that happens? The fruit that God can bear in your life because you realize that everything that's going on is not an end, it is a means to Jesus being the end. And that is what Christianity is really about. See, we want to allow the Spirit of God to reveal Jesus in us. And if you're here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Spirit of God dwells in you, and he's yearning to bring the reality of Jesus to full blossom in your life. The Spirit of God is so excited about the potential and possibility of him being able to blossom up new shoots of Jesus' reality in your world. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust the Spirit of God is so excited about you putting your faith and trust in Jesus here today so that he can work on you from the inside and he can do the exact same thing, but not working on you from the outside, but an internal witness. But it's beautiful because Jesus tells Peter, you answered this absolutely right, but you can't take any credit because it's a God thing. And what's, what's amazing, in the Greek language, this word revealed It's actually the Greek word that we get our word apocalypse from. Now, I love that word because especially in our culture, when you think of the apocalypse, right, you're just hoping Bruce Willis is around, right? Because if something's something's going on, and then when the apocalypse, at least if Bruce Willis is here, he'll get a nuke onto a crater, he'll burrow down into the middle of the earth and reverse the earth's core, or 97,000 other things that might go on, but if Bruce Willis is around, we're gonna be okay, amen? If there's an apocalyptic movie, Bruce Willis is in it, you know? But the reality is, is the apocalypse, it means to unveil or to reveal. And so the word comes from like opening up a present and seeing what's inside. That's where the word comes from. And so in a lot of ways, when I say let Jesus be real, it's you're allowing the Spirit of God to open up so that you can see Jesus more clearly every single moment of every single day. That in every place you find yourself, in every desert, in every mountaintop, in every valley, in every time of rejoicing, in every time of trembling and fear, that you can allow God to reveal Jesus in you right where you are. And that's what I love about the living God, is that we don't need to be somewhere else to have Jesus revealed to us. We need to be where we are and in Christ. And you see how this is a a totalizing idea, how this reality is truly spiritual, because you don't need anything at all Other than the presence of the spirit because of your faith in Jesus, for Jesus to be grown into you. Isn't that powerful? So let Jesus be revealed in you. Now, look at what happens in verse 18. It says, and I also say that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, you notice this. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, well, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then in verse 18, Jesus says, and I say to you that you are Peter. You notice the parallel there? Peter said, you're the Christ. And he's like, well, listen, guess what? You're Peter. Now, what's amazing is is his given name, was Simon, Matthew calls him Simon Peter, but when we first meet him, he's known as Simon. But then Jesus says, but I call you Peter. And the idea here is, because of the revelation of Jesus, Peter gets a new name. We know him most commonly as Peter. It was given a new name. Why, because in understanding who Jesus is, this man now has a new understanding of who he is. And this is a very powerful thing that you get in the Bible. Like remember, there was a guy named Jacob, and Jacob, he got his name because he was a heel catcher. Jacob was a scoundrel. Jacob was not the nicest business guy. He was the guy that when you're making a deal with him, you're shaking his hand and you're holding your wallet, you know? Because Jacob, he was shifty, right? But all of a sudden, Jacob ends up meeting an angel, and he wrestles with an angel all night because he's so scared he's going to meet his brother Esau, who he swindled, right? Right? And he won't let him go unless he blesses them. And what's amazing is, is that angel gave this man Jacob a limp, but he also said, "But now your name is Israel," because in the act of wrestling with God, Jacob, this swindler, this heel catcher, becomes someone. The name Israel literally means to be governed by God, to be under the authority of God. And the nation of Israel's name comes from not Jacob's given name, but his name that he was recreated into because of his experience. With the true and living God And in the same way this man Simon Now all of a sudden he gets this name Peter Which that word Petros literally means rock This guy now becomes a rock Because of his experience with Jesus See that's why the question of who is Jesus to you Who do you say that Jesus is is so important Because once you understand the identity of Jesus Then Jesus will help you understand your truest identity Who you really are And I think for many of us, we've made the mistake of allowing our identity to be built by people other than the true and living God. And God wants to give you a new identity, and he does it for Peter. And it says that, and on this rock, I will build my church. And then he has a number of things. So really what I want to encourage you is this, that you and I, we want to be the church unleashed. We want to be the Church on leash. Now I say that because here in Matthew 16, it's the very first time in the entire New Testament that the word church is used. And what's amazing is is Jesus only actually used that word church three times in all the Gospels. This is the very first time that word church is used. Now, listen, I understand that we live in the 21st century, and there might not be a more maligned institution than the church, right? And I say that as a pastor of a church. And growing up, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, I realized very, very quickly that there is issues at church. But you know what I didn't realize, and I've come to realize, is that the church is not something you go to, the church is something that you are. So for those of you who are here, you're in the Crossroads Sanctuary, they like, go, well, I'm going to the church. No, no, you are the church and we assemble together in different places. See, even right now, we have people watching this service all over the world right now, right as it's happening, through Facebook Live and through our internet campus. Literally, I met someone who's been watching us in Southeast Asia. Got a chance to come. She's was super stoked to be here. Like, I've been watching. I've been showing it to different people. She's When it's happening, watching the live stream in Southeast Asia But the thing is, is you don't go to church, you are the church. And the problem with church is when the church becomes an institution as opposed to what Jesus is talking about here. And so we wanna be this church. I call it the church unleashed because this is the church that Jesus is talking about. Now notice first, he says, first he said, you become part of the church by letting Jesus be revealed in you. That's your entry point into the church. When you can confess Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. But then from there, He says to Peter, I call you Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, notice who's building the church? Jesus is building. So there's an architect to this unleashed church, and that architect is Jesus. Now, people argue about what Jesus means here. And on this rock I will build my church. Is Peter the foundation of the church? Is it Peter's testimony? that you are the Christ, the son of the living God? Is that the foundation? Or some people would say that he said you are Peter and on this rock, and he pointed to himself, I will build my church. Now guess what? I think all three are probably right. People don't like the first one because the Roman Catholic Church said Peter was the first pope. It's built on Peter and all of the pope's following. So they like, I don't like that. But he did name him Peter, which means rock, and so there's a chance there, you know? But some people say, no, on the rock is the testimony of who Jesus is. Is the church built on the person and work of Jesus? Absolutely. So no matter how you choose to interpret this, the most important thing is that the church that Jesus is building is the church that Jesus is building. And that's the key. There is an architect for this church. Peter, in his own epistle, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, says it this way. Coming to him as to a living stone... Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I love this. He's saying, Look, Jesus is this living stone. He's rejected by men, he's chosen by God. So the idea is there's an architect for this church. Not only that, in the middle of verse 18 it says, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now you know what's fascinating about this? People have all sorts of interesting interpretations. But really what you find here is that this church that comes from the revelation of God that Jesus is the architect of, it can't be defeated. It's invincible. Because the gates of Hades literally means the realm of the dead. Now, when you join Church, by f- having faith in Jesus You become a part of something that cannot be conquered How cool is that? I mean, talk about being a bandwagon fan I love it because I've gotten to live all over the country I've lived in New Jersey, the Bay Area I've lived in Southern Oregon I've lived here in Washington And every time I go to an area I end up, and it has nothing to do with me But I get there and the teams are not good But then over time the team gets good And it's amazing how the team that nobody likes When they get good, everybody loves them of course, that doesn't happen here in Washington with the Seahawks, right? Everyone's always been raging 12 men, you know? <laughs> all the real Seahawks fans are like, yeah, all the bandwagon. You know, I, mean, I remember growing up, I mean, so I grew up outside of New York, so there's a, copious amounts of sports teams, right? And so the beauty is, is I had family members who liked the Mets and the Yankees, the Jets and the Giants, the Knicks and the Nets, the Rangers and the Devils and the Islanders. So I got to root for whoever was winning, <laughs> you know? But the idea is is when you jump on a team just because they're winning, you're a bandwagon fan. And the beauty is is when you realize that the church can't be defeated, that death can't prevail against the church, it does make you a bit of a bandwagon fan. So I just wanna encourage you, be a bandwagon fan. Like listen, oh yeah, amen, right? It's not dumb to vote for Jesus who's conquered sin and death and ushers you to be a part of the church which is invincible. To be honest with you, it's just straight smart in regards to this. So the church is invincible. But notice also, so not only is this church that's unleashed, right? It's got an architect who's Jesus. It's invincible. Death can't defeat it. Now in verse 19, it says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven The church unleashed is the church that's on mission. And really what he's saying is, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is entrusting ordinary people like you and me who don't go to church, but who are the church, who Jesus is the architect. He entrusts us with these keys. And it says, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now... It's a very complicated idea and what makes it even more complicated is that the same Greek tense can be taken two different ways which people argue about but really the idea is that our job as the people of God who have said that we've answered that most important question that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God we've allowed and are allowing Jesus to be revealed in us there's also work for us to do and that work is to be the people who share with the world who Jesus is. Now the key with this, we have these keys, and that whatever we bind will be bound, or however the right way to interpret it is. This doesn't give us the opportunity to make privileged judgments about ideas. The church has been really good at that over its history but it's a weighty responsibility that we've been given to truly be witnesses, to be honest and authentic and faithful in our evaluations of God's heart. And I think for a lot of people, the issue with church is because we've used these keys in the wrong ways. Jesus
1: is... Thanks for sticking with us today as Pastor Daniel shared that God has work for you to do if you're part of his family. You learn that if you believe that Jesus is who he says he is and are letting him change you from the inside out, then he wants you to be a part of sharing his love and grace with the people around you. This is his goal, his greatest mission. Jesus wants all people to know who he is and he's asking you to join him in this great work. at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will take a deeper look at another time Jesus cuts through the smoke screen with people and gets to the heart of the matter. You'll look at what it means to be part of God's family. Pastor Daniel will share that your journey begins with laying aside what you think your life should look like or be about and agreeing with God that his way is better. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Real Talk. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.